the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Reverend Al is on the way. Yeah, just in case you didn't think things in Minneapolis were bad enough after the looting and rioting last night, um, Al Sharpton's coming into town to fan the flames. He tweeted uh, a little while ago, headed to Minneapolis, exclamation point. It's hard to look at the video of the cop, Derek Chauvin, uh, kneeling on uh, Floyd's neck, uh, George Floyd's neck for six minutes, six minutes, and not see a murder there. Dan Bongino, a very conservative guy, a former NYPD cop and a secret, former Secret Service agent, summed it up on Fox this morning. Listen. Because one of the general rules I was taught as a young police officer in New York, and it's, it, it, this is inviolable, is this, and don't ever forget this. When those handcuffs are on and the resistance is stopped by the subject, that fight is over. That fight that mm-hmm. day is over. It, Steve, it does not matter what happened before. You could have just arrested Charles Manson. You could have just arrested a serial killer. It doesn't matter. We are professional law enforcement officers. The overwhelming majority of men and women are dedicated patriots who are on the front line of freedom here domestically. They would not do this. But what happened here, I'm sorry, is a disgrace. You can't watch Mm -hmm. that video and not have a piece of you ripped apart. Yeah, and uh, of course, this seems pretty simple, by the way, that uh, concept that once the handcuffs are on, doesn't matter who you got there, what he did, it's over. You got him. And uh, you got to and and as hard as it must be for someone in that situation, you are still presuming his innocence as ridiculous as that may be in some cases or seem to be anyway. Of course, breaking into a target store is not the way to respond to this. Uh, There were demonstrators there in Minneapolis, but whatever message they may have been trying to get across was uh, blown away by the idiots who made it look like a war zone when they were finished out there. This incident knocked the Ahmad uh, Arbery case off front pages, uh, off the top of the you know news for a while. He's the unarmed black guy who was killed by a white guy in Georgia a few months ago. The video of that just surfaced recently, uh, and it caused quite a stir. When we come back, we're going to talk to Coleman Hughes. He's a fellow at the Manhattan Institute. He's black, and, uh, and we'll talk about whether or not what happened there in Georgia is a clear-cut case of racism which so many people have come to believe. And in our second half hour, the author of a book about how Twitter and other social media platforms have manipulated the news for years, he's going to talk about President Trump's executive order that he signed today that's supposed to fix all that. Stick around. Worried about deductibles and co-pays, dental or vision? How about elective procedures? Marley Financial has got you covered. This is John Stagerwald. Marley Financial is now offering a new health savings account that can be used for anything health-related, anything, co-pays and deductibles, any prescription, even elective procedures. Marley's new turbocharged health savings account can set you free of high premiums and out-of-pocket expenses. There's even a company matching component that can provide two or even three to one in benefits. And because it's a contribution, not a premium, your value stays with you for the rest of your life. And if you recently lost your job and your health benefits, Marley has programs to get you the coverage you need when you need it most. Call Marley Financial today at 724-884-1496 and ask about their new turbocharged health savings account. That's 784 884 1496. Marley Financial, the most innovative agency in the marketplace at MarleyFG.com. Investment advisory services offered through Sound Income Strategies, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisory firm. 
During difficult times, it's important not to be frozen by fear or complacency, thinking that Congress, the Fed, or your current financial planner will fix the impact of the pandemic on your retirement savings. The bottom line is no one else is going to care about your retirement the way you do. There is another more conservative way to plan for income without all the risk using interest and dividends. Call 888-888-4176 now to learn how the Retirement Income Store can help during these uncertain times. 888-888-4176. We'll send you our Retirement Income Kit with five educational tools, including David Scranton's best-selling book, 888-888-4176. The Retirement Income Store. Where retirees go for income. Call 888-888-4176 now. We're all thinking a lot more about staying safe these days. Windows R Us Pittsburgh is no different. This is John Steigerwald. When it comes to working around your home, Windows R Us remains committed to the safety of you and your family. For roofs, gutters and downspouts, siding, and, of course, windows, Windows R Us Pittsburgh can answer the call. With over 50 years of home remodeling experience, Windows R Us has earned its reputation as the area's premier exterior replacement company. And all work will be done in strict compliance with the government's social distancing guidelines. If you've had damage, you may be eligible for free repair or replacement. Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. You'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. From a company that will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty, why pay double? Trust the area's premier exterior replacement company. That's WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. Gold. It's soaring. Are you missing it? If you have an IRA or 401k, you probably are. Less than 1% hold physical gold. We've been told by Wall Street it's for crazy people. Really? What's crazy about an asset that beats stocks two to one? I'm Adam Barada, national best-selling author of the book, Gold is a Better Way, owner of Advantage Gold, an Inc. 5000 member, and highest rated gold IRA firm in the world. Gold is booming because gold is really about debt. And global debt is a pandemic. If you have an IRA or 401k, I want to give you my book for free. That's right, free. Call 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. Learn why gold will outperform pumped up stocks from this point forward. Turn your IRA into a wealth growth machine. Just call 800-900-8000. It's time to stop being crazy. Call 800-900-8000. This is the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. Well, as far as I know, the Minneapolis cop who killed George Floyd hasn't been arrested yet. The video of him with his knee on uh, Floyd's neck uh, makes it look like a slam dunk case. We'll see. Meanwhile, uh, the neighborhood where it happened looks like a war zone from the rioting and looting last night. This has pushed another case that got a lot of attention off the front page for a while. Ahmad Arbery, a young uh, black man, was killed by what appeared to be two white vigilantes in Georgia. Uh, that may have looked like a slam dunk, too. But Coleman Hughes, a fellow at the Manhattan Institute, says it may not be. He joins us now. Uh, thanks for being here, Coleman. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. So let's start with the similarities and the differences in these two cases that uh, – you know, one has been kind of bumped off the front page for a little bit here, but it'll be coming back. And, and what happened uh, in Minneapolis? Yeah, well, what happened in Minneapolis involved a police officer and a civilian directly, where what happened in Georgia involved a former police officer and his son and a neighbor attempting to make a citizen's arrest on a civilian. So one, you have law enforcement, one, you have civilian on civilian. Uh, but in both cases, you have... Uh, misconduct on, on the part of the police. Obviously, uh, in the Minneapolis case, you see, um, you know, much more force than was necessary and, you know, what, what probably will, should end up being a murder. Um, in the, in the, in the uh, case in Georgia, you have the police asking a civilian to check up on a location where there was a serial trespasser, which raises concerns about why a police officer would you know, reach out to a civilian to, to do that kind of work. But I think that has been lost in the, um, the attempt to nail the, the two civilians as racist or as white supremacists. 
you know, every moment spent talking, you know, speculating as to whether race was the reason they did it, which nobody knows, um, is a moment we could be talking about, you know, why the police felt that they could reach out to a civilian to look up on the property in Georgia or you know, why police, um, uh, um, why, why police uh, uh, departments often investigate themselves in the, in the midst of a brutality case, which creates a clear conflict of interest. So I'm not saying there are no problems. I'm saying by getting hung up on the racism uh, debate, we really miss the problems that, uh, that we all have an interest in solving. Yeah, and that problem is, uh, you mentioned in your piece, the, the, one of the problems is the whole idea of citizen arrest and uh, how that can get really complicated and, and out of hand and cause big problems. Absolutely. Uh, if, if men with guns approach me, you know, even in the best case, if they've witnessed me commit a felony, say, um, how am I supposed to know if they don't have a badge that they're not trying to mug me? How am I supposed to know not to resist with all of the force that I can muster? Um, that creates, a, a, you know, combine that with an open carry state, and that creates a situation where from time to time, you know, you're bound to get these sorts of situations that escalate. Not to mention that, you know, police officers, even even good ones, struggle sometimes to de-escalate situations with uh, a tense, uh, nervous suspect. Um, and, you know, if police officers struggle to do that, we should certainly expect that civilians would struggle to do that. And one, you know, one thing we have to understand is that these citizens arrest laws, it's not that we, sh- we should get rid of them completely. Right? If you're, if you, if you're, if you own a, a bar and some guy punches someone else, you have to be able to detain him until the police come. At the same time, these laws were created in the middle ages when there was no, you know, the, the police couldn't hop in a car and come to town. There was, there was no 911 call. Uh, there was no widespread culture of gun ownership. So what we have to do is just limit the scenarios in which you can, um, you know, make a valid citizen's arrest. I think that should be the lesson from Georgia. Yeah, and so why? What was your interpretation though of what happened uh, on the on the Arbery uh, tape, this, the videotape that everybody has seen? Yeah, so the, the the tape, unfortunately, you can't see the the moment that Travis McMichael, the son, fires his first shot. But it seems like what we know is that they were chasing him with two cars for about four minutes. And at the end of that four minutes, Travis gets out of the driver's side with a shotgun um, and tells Arbery to stop, that they want to talk to him. And, you know, at some point right around when the first shot is fired, Arbery grabs the gun, either just before or after. And then they're wrestling over over the gun and the next two shots go off, and, and Arbery goes down. Yeah, so w- once you're wrestling for the gun, uh, once he, I mean, this this is the thing that came, seems kind of complicated to me. You know, you talked about the, the citizen's arrest uh, angle of it. If you are, um, whatever, however that rule is, that law is determined, if you are making a an official citizen's arrest, and the person you are citizen arresting grabs the the gun that you're holding him at bay with at what point does shooting him become self-defense you have to go you have to Mm -hmm. go back and decide whether the citizen's arrest was justified in the first place no that's that's absolutely right the moment someone grabs your gun you have to assume that they're going to kill you with it that's Mm -hmm. i think that's a that's a basic principle of self-defense however at the same time you know if you imagine it from arbery's perspective he's just gone into a house for a few minutes, didn't take anything. Maybe he was there for a nefarious purpose. Maybe not. We don't know yet. But from his perspective, he sees guys in trucks trailing him, and then he sees one get out with a gun. It wouldn't necessarily be obvious that they're trying to make a valid citizen's arrest rather than, say, mugging him. Um, so definitely, you know, once he grabs the gun, you, you have to shoot. Uh, but the, the mistake was to come after him in the first place. That, that's what was unwise. Um, and, you know, it, it was, of course, also unwise to, to grab the gun. So there was a lot, there was a lot of unwise decisions made on, on, on both sides here, but it was enabled by, you know, the possibility of the, the citizen's arrest in this case and, the, the, you know, the police officer sort of 
encouraging this guy to sort of act like a vigilante in his neighborhood. Yeah, and, and uh, again, it, it 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 comes back to whether that the the the, the person the the guy who was murdered, Arbery, should he uh, he sees two white guys approaching him in a pickup truck, and one of them has a shotgun. Um, is he? You're a black guy, so I, you know. I always, when I have these situations, I, I don't, I don't ever even consider attempting to put myself in the shoes of a black guy, especially in Georgia in that situation. But as a as a, a black man in Georgia with two guys in a pickup truck, it's I mean, it's a, almost a classic case of you know what you don't want to be involved in if you're a black guy in Georgia. So how is he? Is it is it even reasonable to expect him? To say, oh, okay, yeah, you're here for a citizen's arrest. I get that. Yeah, exactly. You know, it, it's it, with the with the racial history of the Deep South, especially. Uh, it, it's definitely possible that if Arbery had been uh, citizens arrested by black people, that he would have paused for a beat and said, "What is happening here?" It's it's definitely possible that he and you know he saw a, a white face with a shotgun and assumed. You know that this that the people he was dealing with weren't going to give him a fair shake, and that he he ought to, out of either anger or self defense, um, immediately go for the shotgun. It, it's there's no doubt that the 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 fact that they were white could not have possibly helped in Arbery's mind from his, his perspective of feeling threatened. Um, so yeah, I mean, that, and I think that that's just another reason to to really discourage people from taking the law into their own hands in these kinds of situations. Yeah, it'd be kind of like me being in Chicago, the south side of Chicago, and uh, uh, a couple of black guys come up to me and put uh, put a gun in my face and tell me that they're going to they're doing a citizen's arrest. My built-in prejudices and everything that's come with, you know, what I've seen and uh, what I know about Chicago, I'm not I'm not necessarily buying that right away. You know, mm-hmm. I'm just I'm yeah, no, I mean that. Yeah, this is this matters even when you talk about the police. So really, what when when police are doing their jobs at, at the best level, they know the people mm-hmm. in the community by name, uh, and they have a cultural affinity with each other, so that you know, uh, so that it kind of lubricates these interaction, these social interactions, and it makes violence unnecessary. Um, but when you have cultural distance between different populations, when you have people living on different sides of the same uh, of, of the tracks in the same towns, different race with racial tensions, it makes all this stuff much harder. And why do you think people are so quick to assume that racism was a major motivator, if not the major motivator in this? I mean, we talked about the obvious things: black guy, uh, you know, white, two white guys. It's Georgia, but. Um, at what point is it possible for human beings to get beyond just automatically making that assumption when it's a black person and a white person involved? Well, I think part of it is that people don't do research on the facts of the case. So in this in this case, you saw um, Arbery was walking around an, a construction site that he shouldn't have been in, and uh, you know the reason that's important to understanding their motives is because there had been um, a, a black man in his 20s who was caught on tape every month, almost every month for the past six months, uh, walking through that house. It was the same person. So they had a serial trespasser, and they knew what he looked like. And we don't know if it was Arbery, uh, but it looked enough like Arbery that you can definitely see how a reasonable person would think that Arbery was this serial trespasser. Um, so they had video of this guy and, you know, the, the other thing that's important is that the, the crime rate in Brunswick, Georgia is among the highest in the country. It's, it's almost as high as the crime rate in the most violent neighborhood, uh, in Chicago in Austin. And, you know, it's the easiest thing in the world is to, um, dismiss a person's fear of crime in their neighborhood from afar, not having to deal with it oneself. But if you can put yourself in the position of a, per- a person in a, in a city with a sky-high crime rate where you have a serial trespasser that the police are never, never able to get, uh, you can begin to imagine how a person could 
want to go after someone and detain them until the police comes without having to be racist. Yeah, and and um, and you don't know what the what the uh, relationship is between, in general, black people and white people in that city. How segregated it is. Um, whether or not it's unusual to see a, a black man uh, in that neighborhood, uh, whether it's you know rightly or wrongly, that you it raises suspicions because uh, it is the South, and I don't know. Do you know anything about the the neighborhood other than the fact not the neighborhood but the area that it's uh, that it's uh, it's high crime? The the city the city has one of the highest crime rates of, of any American city in the top five percentile or so of American cities. Um, and Arbery lived like about two miles away, so he, he was uh, he was not too far from home. Um, mm-hmm. But there had been, according to the New York Times, there had been almost ninety nine one one calls from that particular neighborhood in the six months leading up to Arbery's death. And it seems like this is mostly calls about property crime rather than violent crime, um, trespassing, burglary, etc., um, theft. Um, so. It does seem like people have wanted to downplay the extent to which crime was a real concern, but I think that's a mistake. Well, how about this? Speaking of mistakes, uh, you quote LeBron James saying after after this was uh, made public, after the video came out, we're literally hunted every day, every time we step foot outside the comfort of our homes. And you point out that it got 300,000 likes on Twitter. It's a ridiculous statement, um, but and, and is it? Could it possibly be helpful in any way for someone in the position of LeBron James to have that reaction? Absolutely not. I think you know part of our part of your responsibility as a as a, as a thinking person, as someone who wants to understand understand the world, uh, is is to is to know when your fears are irrational and when they're warranted. So, for for example, if a celebrity were to say. I fear jihadist terror every time I leave my house. The responsible thing to say would be to, you know, acknowledge that terrorism does happen, um, but to present them with evidence of how often it happens and how likely you are to actually be a victim. The truth is you're very unlikely to be a victim of of jihadist terror at this moment. Uh, You're very unlikely to die in a plane crash, yet, yet many people fear that. And in the same way, you are infinitesimally unlikely not to, to, to be killed jogging while black or to be killed unarmed uh, while black uh, by the cops, say. And without minimizing the fact that every person killed by the cops uh, is a tragedy that we want to avoid, however possible, we have to acknowledge first that we should not be feeding into people's paranoia about um, about racism because all that does is harm relations between people further. And at the same time, we should acknowledge that there are some serious systemic problems with the police. And those problems are born not only on the black community, but on whites and Hispanics and Asians as well. And for every video you've, you've seen in the news of a black unarmed person getting shot by the cops, I can show you a video of a white person getting shot by the cops under very similar circumstances that don't get as circulated. Um, but, you know, it, it is certainly possible to have a nuanced position where you're, you're saying there are some serious problems we have to solve here with police departments investigating themselves, for example, but without making these paranoid claims and trying to stoke fears of white supremacy. Yeah, I, I'm out of time, uh, Coleman. I really appreciate you being here. Uh, it's um, it's um, it's a strange uh, situation we're in right now. I think uh, everybody being equipped with a with a video camera is good in many ways, and sometimes it's it's not so good. Um, but uh, a really great piece you had there at the uh, City Journal, and uh, thanks a lot for being on with us, Coleman Hughes. Appreciate it. Absolutely, thanks. Okay, that's Coleman Hughes, and we will be back. And we're going to talk about uh, Twitter and an executive order that's going to try to fix things for conservatives that was uh, signed by President Trump a little while ago. Stick around. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. President Trump this hour will sign an executive order on social media companies based on allegations that the online platforms 
are not politically neutral. The president sharply criticized Twitter for putting a fact-check warning on two of his tweets this week. He complained the company is interfering in the 2020 election and is trying to silence conservative voices. The Boston Marathon has been canceled for the first time in its 124-year history. The race had been originally scheduled for April 20th before being postponed for five months because of the coronavirus pandemic. Stocks giving up an early rally and ended lower as traders fear that tensions with China could escalate again. The Dow dropped 147 points. The Nasdaq was off 43 and the S&P fell 6. This is SRN News. Hi, this is Jay Farner, CEO of Rocket Mortgage. Making the right financial decisions has never been more important. We can help guide you to those right decisions now when they matter most. Mortgage rates are near historic lows. So when you call 8338-ROCKET or visit us at rocketmortgage.com to start your refinance, you'll be well on your way to saving money every month. The rate today on our 30-year fixed-rate mortgage is 3.375%, APR 3.59%. Right now could be a great time for you to take some positive financial steps forward with a cash-out refinance from Rocket Mortgage, which could give you the boost that you're looking for. In addition, we may be able to help you refinance with little or no out-of-pocket costs. At Rocket Mortgage, we're committed to every client, every time, no exceptions, no excuses, giving you the best mortgage experience. Call us today at 8338-ROCKET or go to rocketmortgage.com to learn more. Rates subject to change. Pay 1.875% fee to receive this discounted rate. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. License in all 50 states. NMLS number 3030. Larry Elder wants the president to control the narrative. How is it you make a public promise to appoint a prosecutor, tell her that if he'd been president, she'd be in jail, talk about all the lying and all the laws that she broke, and then when you get in there, eh, you know, and I understand it. And the reason he didn't do it? Is he felt it would be too disruptive? I've got things to do. I gotta cut taxes. I gotta cut regulations. I gotta get us out of this stupid Iran deal. I don't have time to go after her. The Larry Elder Show, weeknights at 7 on AM 1250. The answer. Do you or your business have financial problems? Are you overwhelmed with debt? Then call me, Attorney Dennis Spire at 412-471-7675. My legal practice concentrates on bankruptcy law, debtor rights, and tax matters. I have over 30 years' experience as a former United States Department of Justice bankruptcy attorney and lawyer in private practice. I have represented thousands of cases faced with financial problems and lawsuits. Reorganize and get a fresh start. Call 412-471-7675 or visit my website at DennisSpira.com. No Safe Spacious was the number one documentary in 2019 received Rotten Tomatoes' highest rating of the year, 99%. But Hollywood doesn't want you to see this movie. It stars Dennis Prager and Adam Carolla, and it's about how the radical left will shut you down if they don't like what you think or say. So you won't see it on Netflix or Amazon Prime, but for a limited time, No Safe Spaces is available at nosafespaces.com. Enter our code SAVE25 and save 25%. That's No Safe Spaces at nosafespaces.com. The Allegheny Institute's research, education, and advocacy have steadfastly worked to defend taxpayers and businesses against the inefficiency and intrusiveness of ever-expanding, burdensome government since 1995. And this year, Greater Pittsburgh's trusted source for sound public policy analysis is celebrating its 25th anniversary. Join the fight today by making your tax-deductible contribution at AlleghenyInstitute.org. That's AlleghenyInstitute.org. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. WPGP Pittsburgh. W223CS Pittsburgh. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the Answer mobile app. Smart speakers. Tune in. iHeart or Radio.com. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. Got an accident in the East Liberty Area Center Avenue at Broad Street. Plenty of construction as well. 837, that's under construction between Smithfield Street Bridge and West End Circle till 6. Moon Township, Stoops Ferry Road. Construction there at Flockety Run Road, that's till 7 p.m. Construction also continues on the Turnpike westbound between Cranberry and Newcastle, right lane closed. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, the answer, weather. Tonight, some clouds, humid and warm with a late night thunderstorm in the low 66. Tomorrow, more thunderstorms, some severe, humid with rather cloudy skies. Thunderstorms can bring damaging winds with a high 78. 
Saturday, times of sun and clouds. Breezy during the afternoon with a high 71. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Gregory Patrick. Warning, listening to this program may expose you to toxic masculinity. The John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. Well, President uh, Trump came out with his uh, executive order uh, just a little while ago uh, that might have a major effect on what you see on your favorite social media platform. It'll remove the protection from liability. Uh, Peter Hassan is the author of The Manipulators, Facebook, Google, Twitter, and Big Tech's War on Conservatives. He was on with us when his book came out a couple of months ago. He joins again now. Peter, thanks for being here. Absolutely. Thank you for having me back on the show. So we, we, we did have you on when your book came out. That was uh, mm-hmm. uh, We had you on, I looked, it was February 4th, so almost three, I guess three months ago. I, I don't remember if we talked about the possibility of what happened today happening. Uh, is this a big deal, and it would should we have foreseen this? Was it inevitable? Yeah, um, you know, I mean, to a certain extent, it was, you know, um, um, you know, it, it was a point that we were going to get to at some point, um, just because of the way that these tech platforms have, you know, consistently censored and suppressed speech um, in a one way, you know, in only going in one uh, one direction. Um, um, and, and so, you know, uh, I do think that, you know, what the president, um, what the president signed today, um, will, I, I'm, I'm not sure it will have, um, really a huge, um, legal impact, uh, because, you know, there's only so much he can do without mm-hmm. Congress. But I, I, I do think that basically the most important thing that he did today, um, is he really put these tech companies uh, on notice that they cannot keep um, being partisan, biased actors, and expect conservatives to just you know take it and and say thank you for you know silencing my speech, um, and so that's that's really um, what I think that the big takeaway is here is is he's really amping up the pressure on these tech companies to show that they aren't biased, which of course they are. Um, as I talked in my book, the manipulators, um, uh, these tech companies from top to bottom are just full of left wing ideologues, um, who really see their jobs as an opportunity to enforce their ideology on the users of these platforms. So people like me and you, um, and so what happens is you have all of these, you know, 25 year old, um, uh, you know, Berkeley graduates and, you know, uh, feminist theory who are, are now kind of really empowered to, to, to say what's offensive and what's not. And even more scary that they have the power to say what's true and what's not. And that's the biggest thing Twitter has done here is now Twitter has appointed itself an ar- arbiter of truth. And that's a really, really scary place to be, considering everything we know about how biased Twitter is, that they're now deciding what truth is. And what's the uh, uh, eliminating the protection from liability? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's something that this radio station, I, I, I guess, doesn't have. And, and CNN doesn't have. Mm-hmm. They were sued uh, big time by the, the Covington High School kid. Um, so. Is mm-hmm. now uh, Twitter have the the, the the people Twitter have to worry about what they is, is it what they say about uh, you or me or is it what they don't allow you or me to say um, or both? Well, yeah, so it, it's um, essentially you know Section two thirty is, is still going to be there because it's going to take an act of Congress to fully undo it. But what the president is doing is to really he's uh, uh, directing agencies to really heightened scrutiny of how these platforms are, um, are, you know, kind of take, taking advantage of, um, of that, uh, 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 taking advantage of that bill, um, to, uh, 
really be kind of you know one sided. Um, and so you know it, it'll it'll take a lot for that to fully you know. Um, it, it, you know, it will take an act of Congress for that to fully be, you know, um, uh, undone. Which, um, to be honest, I, I, I don't think, um, I, I don't think it'd be a good thing to fully, um, to fully undo Section Two Thirty because ultimately, then tech platforms would. Um, you become more aggressive in policing speech because they'd be responsible for what's on their platform. And so that's what, uh, like, uh, uh, Elizabeth Warren and Nancy Pelosi have been pushing for is to fully undo Section 230. Uh, whereas what the president is doing here is he's really, um, um, is, is he's really kind of amping up the pressure and kind of, you know, to borrow a baseball, um, uh, um, Analogy, he's throwing a a, a, a brushback pitch mm-hmm. uh, because these tech plat- platforms have been crowding the plate and, and trying to get away with as much as they can. And so, he, he what he's really doing now is keeping them honest. And he thinks they're going to, you know, take a stricter enforcement of Section Two Thirty. Um, but you know. <laughs> Really, again, I think the biggest takeaway here is that he's really putting these tech companies on their heels without really, um, you know, despite the media panic, I don't think it's anything too drastic. Uh, But he is putting these companies on their heels and he's calling attention to an important issue, which is the fact that um, these, these tech companies are so biased from top to bottom. And, you know, it's not just Twitter, but it's also Google and Facebook and YouTube. And, uh, you know, you, um, you know, to give an example, uh, um, YouTube, um, essentially gave the WHO, the World Health Organization, um, a veto power of what's allowed on their platform. And they said, if you disagree with the WHO on coronavirus, we're going to take your content down, which yep. is absurd considering two things. One, that the WHO uh, has been wrong about a lot. You know, they were, they were telling people that, you know, there was no evidence that, that there was human, human transmission, even while there was evidence of human, human transmission. Um, so, so they've been wrong about a lot. And then um, on the second point, they're you know, in bed with communist China. Um, and so what you had is you had, you, YouTube really empowering, you know, an ally of communist China to say what Americans are allowed to post online. Pretty which scary. It's just a really, really scary place to be. Yeah. And it's only going to keep marching in that direction unless, um, conservatives, you know, and, and you know, um, uh, 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 you know, and the people who represent them in Congress and the white house, really start to push back. And so that's what the president is doing here is saying, look, if you you guys are going to keep pushing us, I'm going to start pushing back. And so the more they push, the more he's going to push back. And so that's kind of, uh, the signal he is sending to all of them that, you know, you're not going to be allowed to steamroll conservatives, you know, uh, without having any pushback. And so honestly, I do think it's long overdue. Mm -hmm. Now, um, that you you used a good analogy there about the brushback pitch, but uh, being an old sports guy, um, uh, when you're throwing a brushback pitch, it works for a while. But every once in a while, if you really want to get the message across, you got to stick one on the ribs every now and then. Uh, does <laughs> yeah, this yeah. Will, this, will this will this give them the opportunity to plunk somebody in the ribs with one? You know, I think so. Yeah. So that this is kind of um, um, this is kind of I would say he's uh, um, uh, laying the groundwork to, to to really plunk one in the ribs because now what he's saying is that federal agencies are going to be scrutinizing these tech companies much much more, and so you know um, you know if you had a, a, a FCC investigation of Twitter or YouTube or Google or Facebook, it would do a lot of damage 
to them. And so that's kind of what the next step, um, that's kind of what the next step he would take is, um, as, as judging by what he said, um, uh, you know, today and yesterday is that the next step is going to be using these agencies to really hold tech companies to account. And that's what would really damage them because that would spook investors, that would spook users, that would spook advertisers. And, and these tech companies depend on advertising dollars. And so that's so, kind of where, you know, if, if, if they start, if these companies get worse, that's what I think um, we all can expect to see. So if, if he had done this uh, two months ago, which people probably would have been happy with, I mean, the people who are happy with it now would have been happy if he had done it a long time ago. But um, mm-hmm. what what kind of an effect, based on your information and your uh, your delving into what goes on at these companies, what effect might that have had on what's happened with the uh, the coverage and the um, and the censoring of uh, of dissent during this coronavirus fiasco? Like the the doctors who whose YouTube uh, videos were taken down. Uh, you know, does that happen if, if this if this had happened back in December instead of now? Um, you know, that's a great point. And, you know, honestly, I think if you had you know, started taking these actions two months ago, I, I don't think we would have seen that as much because I think we would have seen these tech companies be much more uh, conscientious of what they're doing. Um, and you know, because in up up until now, up until today, they've been operating under the assumption that conservatives are never going to punish them. And so the only people they have to fear are the Nancy Pelosi's, the Joe Biden's of the world. And so those are the people that they've always tried to please. And that's what they've done, you know, with censoring, you know, coronavirus information, including doctors. Um, and, and so I, I, I do think that now that they're, you know, uh, at least aware of the fact that, that they're not going to get a free pass anymore. I, I do think that would have changed how they had approached, um, you know, all of the, the issues surrounding the coronavirus pandemic. Um, and, you know, I'll, I'll, um, I'll, um, I'll tell you what too is, you know, a lot of the, you know, left wing outrage about all this is, Really, over the fact that the the left believes that to win in November, they have to silence the president and his supporters on these tech platforms, and so that's um, that is what is behind the entire push, you know, for more, you know, more censorship and more. Uh, you know, and more uh, suppression and, you know, more special favors to people on the left and hurting people on the right. All of that is about, um, is about beating Trump in, in the election. And, and they see social media as a key part of that. And that's because social media is what allows the president and his supporters and really anybody outside the mainstream media to get their thoughts out without having to filter it through CNN and the Washington Post and New York Times and other people that conservatives really, for good reason, don't trust to be fair. Um, and so now you can share, you know, social media allows you to share information directly to people. And that's what the left fears because it you know, strips them of control over the national narrative and thereby the national thought process. Yeah, so no filter. That's what all this is building towards is the election. Mm-hmm. Well, and and this was kind of the time that, that, that Trump had to do it then because um, it wasn't going to get any better as we get closer to the election. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, now, exactly. And so, um, that, yeah, because it's just going to get worse unless you start throwing some brushback pitches and possibly, you know, lunk one in the ribs. <laughs> We're talking to Peter Hassan, is the author of The Manipulators, Facebook, Google, Twitter, and Big Tech's War 
on conservatives. Now, most conservatives are also free market guys, um, mm-hmm. free market people, I guess I should say. Um, how do you reconcile being a free market person with the government sticking its nose in to this today? Yeah, you know, it's definitely a, a delicate balance to strike. Um, and, you know, I, I'm not a fan of, you know, breaking up Google or Facebook or Twitter, um, in, in, in part because I think that would give the left what they want, which is, you know, control over the information that they want, all info to run through CNN, The Washington Post, New York Times, MSNBC. And so, you know, there are some people who say we need to break up these tech companies. I don't think that that's a good solution, but um, I do think that, you know, you, you can use government to really kind of put pressure on these companies without, you know, uh, without uh, intruding into um, the free market too much, um, you know, because even just a threat of taking action um, can influence these companies. And so the, the Democratic Party has done that very well in holding, as soon as they got the House majority, they started holding hearings and investigations into misinformation on, on Facebook and fake news on Facebook, of course, which, of course, they mean conservative news um, mm-hmm. and conservative information. And so th- and that's what the Democratic Party has done well is, you know, without passing any laws that infringe upon these companies, just really cranking up the pressure through, you know, putting the public spotlight on it and forcing them to answer questions and spinning that how they want people to, to see it. And so those are the kind of things that Republicans can do without, you know, necessarily saying that we're going to uh, pass a bill, you know, hammering hey, 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 your Peter, company your choices. Peter, I'm out of time. I'm up against a hard break here. And uh, the book is <laughs> The Manipulators, Facebook, Google, Twitter, and Big Tech's War on Conservatives. Great to have you on. Thank you very much for clearing it all up. Always great to be on, John. Thank you. Okay, we'll be right back. We're all thinking a lot more about staying safe these days. Windows R Us Pittsburgh is no different. This is John Steigerwald. When it comes to working around your home, Windows R Us remains committed to the safety of you and your family. For roofs, gutters and downspouts, siding, and, of course, windows, Windows R Us Pittsburgh can answer the call. With over 50 years of home remodeling experience, Windows R Us has earned its reputation as the area's premier exterior replacement company. And all work will be done in strict compliance with the government's social distancing guidelines. If you've had damage, you may be eligible for free repair or replacement. Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. You'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. From a company that will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty, why pay double? Trust the area's premier exterior replacement company. That's WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. Gold. It's soaring. Are you missing it? If you have an IRA or 401k, you probably are. Less than 1% hold physical gold. We've been told by Wall Street it's for crazy people. Really? What's crazy about an asset that beats stocks two to one? I'm Adam Barada, national best-selling author of the book Gold is a Better Way, owner of Advantage Gold, an Inc. 5000 member, and highest rated gold IRA firm in the world. Gold is booming because gold is really about debt, and global debt is a pandemic. If you have an IRA or 401k, I want to give you my book for free. That's right, free. Text GOLD to 49776. That's the word GOLD to 49776. Learn why gold will outperform pumped-up stocks from this point forward. Turn your IRA into a wealth growth machine. Text the word GOLD to 49776. It's time to stop being crazy. Text GOLD to 49776. Hi, this is Jay Farner, CEO of Rocket Mortgage. Making the right financial decisions has never been more important. We can help guide you to those right decisions now when they matter most. Mortgage rates are near historic lows. So when you call 8338-ROCKET or visit us at rocketmortgage.com to start your refinance, you'll be well on your way to saving money every month. 
The rate today on our 30-year fixed rate mortgage is 3.375%, APR 3.59%. Right now could be a great time for you to take some positive financial steps forward with a cash-out refinance from Rocket Mortgage, which could give you the boost that you're looking for. In addition, we may be able to help you refinance with little or no out-of-pocket costs. At Rocket Mortgage, we're committed to every client, every time, no exceptions, no excuses, giving you the best mortgage experience. Call us today at 8338-ROCKET or go to rocketmortgage.com to learn more. Rates subject to change. Pay 1.875% fee to receive this discounted rate. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. License in all 50 states. And MLS number 3030. Thinking about life insurance? What if you could make one free phone call and learn your best price from nearly a dozen highly rated price competitive companies? Well, that's exactly what happens when you call SelectQuote Life. For example, George is 40. He was getting sky-high quotes from other companies because he takes meds to control his blood pressure. But when I shopped around, I found him a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $25 a month. I'm SelectQuote agent Dan Savino. And believe me, if SelectQuote isn't shopping for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 800-494-2323. That's 800-494-2323. 800-494-2323. Or go to selectquote.com. Since 1985, we shop, you save. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your price could vary depending on your health issuing company and other factors. Not available in all states. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. We're going to finish with a sports uh, story here that goes much uh, beyond sports, and it's, a, it's good news. We covered the story a lot. Uh, permitting transgender athletes to compete in women's sports violates the civil rights of female athletes. That's what the Education Department's Office for Civil Rights decided today. Teenage track athletes uh, up in Connecticut, we've told you about the, the girls up there. They fought, they've, they filed a complaint uh, following a decision by the board, which oversees high school athletic competitions, to allow transgender athletes to compete as the gender they identify. The ruling says that is a violation of Title IX, a federal civil rights law. It could mean, I'm hoping, the end of all the stupidity of somebody putting on a dress and saying that he's a she and then competing against girls. It's stupid, it stinks, and I'm glad it might be over. We'll talk to you tomorrow. The John Steigerwald Show is a production of the Answer Pittsburgh and Salem Media Group.